Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien... Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35. That's DCNEWS35. DCNews35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. Welcome. DC fans to another episode of DC Comics News uh, podcast, episode 123. In fact, I'm your host Brett Flicky. With me today is the wonderful, the man, the myth, the legend, Steve J. Ray. How you doing, Steve? Hey, it's Bradman and Steve-O, the all-new <laughs> dynamic duo on episode one, two, three. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> all right. So we have got some DC news to talk about this week. We'll start right in with the uh, movie news. We we got a new trailer for Suicide Squad uh, that is just a little over a month away. Uh, so, uh, Steve, what do you uh, would you make of this trailer? I laughed so much at the stupid John Cena line, and. <laughs> So much Starro, and my favourite part of all, Bird. <laughs> I yeah. just thought the trailer was absolutely brilliant. With every new snippet, uh, I'm just getting more and more happy, laughing more and more, and getting more and more excited, because is it me, or does this film look huge? I mean, the action, the set pieces, and obviously the cast we know is enormous, but... Um, I'm just getting really good vibes with every new little snippet that comes out. I mean, what did you make of it? Oh man, I just I, I I love that it looks like they just let James Gunn just go crazy and do exactly what he wanted, and I love that. And I and I'm glad that uh, you brought up the uh, the the bird thing too. I have a feeling that now, granted, King Shark's not going to be as good as the King Shark we get in the Harley Quinn animated oh, series, no. but no uh, this is going to be a, a pretty funny one too, I think. Um, and, I, and I'm feeling really sorry for Flag between all these trailers. He's, he's got a lot of idiots to put up with, and he seems to be like getting annoyed with them. Really. He's the straight really man, enjoy. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be fun to watch him play that straight man. Uh, role as well, and th- this trailer's cool. It looks like we're getting, you know, some uh, uh, some more uh, background on some of the characters, uh, and uh, I-, I still don't. I-, I still think that that teen that's in the helicopter and that's walking in front of the, the uh, flag in the trailers is not going to make it very far. 
And I, I did kind of get a kick out of uh, Blackguard thinking that uh, Weasel was a werewolf. <laughs> oh, know? that was so <laughs> funny. What kind of a dog is he? <laughs> and <what> was it? <laughs> oh, he killed 27 children, but you know. <laughs> Harmless, but apart from that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this, this is going to oh, be, so oh man, this is going to be so much fun. Uh, and I, it's I can't so already close. tell. Yeah, yeah, oh, I can't wait. I think that's the movie I, I was looking forward to most uh, this year for sure. So I'm really, that's really excited. The one get me back in the theater. Um, yeah, sure. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. And moving on, we uh, we got a release date for the uh, Blu-ray of the Snyder Cut. And uh, at least in the states, according to the story, you guys have had it there for a little while. So yeah, uh, I've had mine on my uh, shelf for over a month. Yeah, that's crazy. So, uh, but that kind of I think that kind of makes up for the fact that there was so much uncertainty about when you guys were going to get to see it over in England. So that makes that makes up for it. I, so, I, I do feel a little bit happy that finally we got something first. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, Lord only knows when we get everything else. I mean, HBO Max. We never did get DC Universe, so um, at least mm. we got the Snyder Cut. Yeah, definitely. But um, again, the special features on the Blu-ray are minimal. It's one lovely um, documentary on the making of it and on the Zack Snyder's journey to getting this film completed. But apart from that, there's nothing else. So I've got a, a three-disc one. And it's got the film split up over two discs with the special features on one of them. And uh, that that's about it. So I want to see if the uh, 4K release has anything else. But, um, yeah, I was really disturbed by the distinct lack of special features. And they didn't add to the Justice is Grey, the black and white version, which is beautiful. Because it's not just a case of taking the colour out. Because as you know, with colour, um, taking out reds, they literally just turn black. The colour grading is completely different. And there's certain things you do notice in the um, black and white version that you don't really see as well in the colour one. So I was really hoping that the Justice is Grey version would be on there. But hey, maybe you guys will get it and then we'll get a special edition in the future. I don't know. But it's great that you guys are finally um, getting it at last. So I, I'm fairly sure this would be one that you want to put on your shelf, right? Well, I got to tell you, I do, but I think I'm going to hold off because I I want more bonus features. Uh, I, I, I think I've said this on the podcast I'm the same a million as you, times, yeah. but I want like a box set with the Snyder Cut, with the uh, the the black and white version, with, you know, th- there's got to be so many bonus features that you can put on this. Um you know, mini documentaries about the whole, you know, how the Snyder Cut itself became a reality, things like that. So I think that I want to hold off a little bit to see if there is some kind of expanded release in the future. Because um, I think if they do it right, I think that that would be worth the wait. So I may just for now hold off on picking this up. Uh, but it does come out for... Uh, our American listeners, it does come out September 7th. So it's not, uh, it's not that much longer uh, to wait. So um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. But I think I'm going to hold off until we get an expanded uh, edition. 
Well, it's become my favourite superhero movie of all time. So if they do do an expanded wow. one, I'll just get that one that's, as well. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, that's a that's a bold statement. Wow. Yeah. It has literally. Wow. I mean, it's four hours long, but I've seen it like four times now. I just think it's amazing. I, I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's pretty incredible, and I think it blew people away. I mean, it it was yeah. So, so much better than the theatrical version that, oh, uh, theatrical that we've version. had. Yeah, yeah. And uh, moving on to our next story, we got um, a view of the costumes for the Shazam family in Fury of, uh, Fury of the Gods. Well, I should say the Marvel family. But we see what their costumes are going to look like. So, Steve, what do you think of these? What do you think of this picture? I like the updated versions a lot. I really do. They're a lot more streamlined. They don't look quite as clunky, if you know what I mean. But obviously, I, I, I'm not the uh, the siren of um, haute couture that you are, my friend. You, you've got a much more um, trained eye for these things than I do. But I, I did notice that the actress playing uh, Mary Marvel isn't Michelle Borth from Hawaii Five O anymore. It's actually the same actress that plays Mary herself, um, the teenager, which does make more sense because she doesn't age in the comic book. She's literally just the same character in the costume. So I, I wonder if there's a, a major reason for that, or if it's just something behind the scenes we don't know about, or maybe Michelle Borth's um, too busy for, for this version. But as for the costumes themselves, yeah. Really cool, nice updates. I mean, still completely recognisable. I mean, if anyone didn't know they were redesigned coming into the second film, you, they could literally just go off the end of the first one straight into the new one. But I do like these looks. But hey, you're the expert. Hey, go on, tell us the facts, my friend. You know, you you said two you said two words that um, kind of I, I was going to bring up too, and the idea of streamlined and how they kind of really harken back to the actual costumes in the comics. And I think with live action superhero movies and the costumes that that's really important is how to make it look practical and modern yet instantly recognizable. And these costumes do that. They definitely, you can definitely tell it's the Marvel family and it is, it's streamlined and modern and uh, I like the little details on the belts. My only slight complaint is that the boots in s- at the certain angles look almost like moon boots. You know, those boots you wear in the snow. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that, that's my only little quibble. But And yeah. now I cannot unsee that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I, I, I think these costumes are... Uh, are uh, pretty on point and i i i noticed the mary marvel thing too and i i I think that that's probably going to be something that's going to be explained in in the film which this is another one that i'm getting more and more excited for too because i think um that the the first exam was a lot better than people were expecting it to be and it it just it, it just it was like the film that it needed to be and both uh, Zach and the filmmakers, they, they knew and understood the character, and that's so important. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to Fury of the Gods. So, yeah, that's our first look at that. And uh, moving on, it uh, looks like uh, we're getting more uh, shooting 
is happening for uh, the Batman. Uh, it is heading to Glasgow uh, and England for additional uh, photography. Uh, so, Steve, what was your take on this? Are you going to go and try to pop into the set and see what's up? Ooh, if I could, I definitely would. Um, there's been a lot of uh, shooting in around London as well. Um, so I've, I've seen bits and pieces coming back from that. But um, what really makes me laugh is all the doomsayers and all the people saying it's going to go wrong. The whole thing's going to fail. The production's this, that and the other. Oh, they're already going to reshoots. What's wrong with that? People, people, people. Remember, there's a tiny little thing called COVID, which halted the delay and halted the production of this film, not once, not twice, but three times. The lead man himself contracted the virus. They have to go back and do ADR. They have to go back and do certain stunt shots. That makes me feel we're going to get a better film. I'm not going to hold to the negativity. The trailer we did get back at Fandome blew me away. I am the world's biggest Bat fan for a reason. I think this film is going to be incredible. It's got an amazing director. It's got a very talented leading man, an incredible cast. I'm just thinking, hey, if they're doing reshoots, they want to get it right. The film's months away. I'm going to stay positive. I'm looking forward to visiting an all new version of Gotham City. What about you, Brad? Yeah, me too. I, I think really that... I don't know of any film that has been under the microscope uh, as much as this film has been. Oh, and so and it, it, there's been like, uh, you know, so much reported from the actual filming and the set and this and that. And it's almost like, you know, fans are getting an inside look on how this all comes together. And, uh, I, I, I'm I so happy that that trailer blew people away because I always felt that people needed to give uh, Robert Pattinson a chance. And I still say that he's going to surprise people. Um, and you're right. He got COVID. There's, it's completely natural that they do reshoots and things like this. I, if, if people are going to be doomsayers about this, then they're just looking for things to pick apart and tear down and and that is one of the worst things about being uh a fan of this stuff because those trolls always are trying to look for the negative and it takes so much fun out of it sometimes so yeah i think this is completely par for the course when it comes to making a film so uh this is another one that i'm super excited for so yeah, I mean, I, those yeah, trolls should just keep yeah. keep under their bridge, keep eating their goats, and leave yeah. us fans who are positive alone. And hey, yeah. remember when? Oh, you might not remember when Michael Keaton was first cast. The world went crazy. What, Mister Mom? The comedy guy is going to be Batman. What are you thinking? The same again with Ben Affleck. The first thing he ever read online when he was cast was no, and he killed it. Guys, Patterson well, is a great actor. He's yeah. going to do great. Believe me. And it's not just on the Batman side. It's a look what oh. happened when Heath Ledger was yeah was cast. People thought exactly, they were, and that was probably I mean easily at this point the most iconic villain of the 21st century, and that'll probably be that way. I mean honestly, he's one of the more iconic villains in film history. Period. So just 
give people a chance, you know, don't, yes. don't knock it. Absolutely. And you're not the one acting and getting in shape and you're not the one making the film. So, you know, just, uh, just give it a chance. That's, that's my takeaway. 100% agreed with you. Yep. And up next, we've got some pictures from the set of a uh, flash movie uh, that includes both Michael Keaton uh, and we also got a picture of uh, Supergirl. So, what was your what was your take on this? I'm really, really happy. Keaton's got his old Bruce Wayne hairdo from Batman '89. He's in a sharp suit. They're filming outside the Wayne Manor set. Maybe it's not just a cameo after all. We're going to see a bit more meat on the bones of this character, and that excites me greatly. And the fact that Sasha Kay is on a harness flying means again this isn't just a bit part they've gone to the trouble of flying her in i can't wait to see the cgi cloak fluttering in the wind um the fact that she's doesn't seem to be Kara. she is going to be one of the alternate maybe Cyril, maybe a different supergirl altogether but the costume is what really grabbed my attention because it's definitely henry cavalesque right down to the disguised um uh, hieroglyphics across the center of the S, which I do remember from uh, one of the documentaries, does actually say something in Kryptonian. I think it's a Walt Whitman quote or something from Blades of Grass, and that's in her S as well. Or maybe it's a different um, mystery quote altogether. I don't know, but that really struck me that it's not an all new take, a brand new costume. It's very old DCEU. So this whole multiverse things, and I think the way they're going to mesh the multiverse to make it more like an omniverse, more like a metaverse that we're seeing in the comics, really has me excited. I cannot wait to see more. What about you? Yeah, these, you know, that's one of my my things that are ma- it's making me so excited about the Flash movies, how they are going to weave in the concept of the omniverse or multiverse and how much of a role characters like Supergirl and Michael Keaton's uh, Bruce Wayne is going to have. And I, I'm, I'm right there with you with that. Um, it, it's really cool that uh, that it looks like it's not Kara. So it could be we don't exactly know what Supergirl we're going to get. And I I love that not knowing. Uh, it, it's um, it almost makes me not want to watch trailers and things like that so that I could be completely surprised. And that doesn't happen with most movies. Most movies, I want to see trailers. But this one, uh, I, uh, I although I, w- I won't be able to not watch it. I, just, I, uh, I wouldn't have that kind of discipline. I'm going to watch the trailer. <laughs> me neither. But, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I'm just so intrigued on how they're going to weave all this in. And I do like how you, you brought up the um, the... Uh, kind of Henry Cavill influenced uh, costume with the S that we're seeing on Supergirl. I think that that's a really uh, that that leads to some really cool possibilities because I know that there are some fans out there that wanted to completely uh, forget about the DCEU to an extent after Justice League was the theatrical cut was so bad, but you know things like aquaman and and shazam were good but i still have a soft spot to have that connective tissue there so uh i yeah i so i really i'm really intrigued and uh yeah i'm sure that um you know we'll we'll get you know more and more news as the weeks go on but i still 
I, I do think they're going to keep the Michael Keaton thing really under under lock and key. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's it's going to be uh, um, a, a game changer, I think, for DC films going mm-hmm. forward. So, Definitely. and with that, we're going to take a quick break to hear from some of our sponsors. Uh, we will be back with some TV streaming news and some comic book news. So stick around. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien... Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35. That's DCNEWS35. DCNews35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton. And I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? 
What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat me, nuts. I definitely do not f**k bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f**k with Lois Lane. For f**k's sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you cuff. want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, but whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. And welcome back to episode uh, one, two, three of the DC Comics News podcast. Um, your host, Brad Flicky, with me is uh, Steve J. Ray. And we talked movies, and now we're going to talk some TV streaming news. Uh, so, Steve, this this story is really cool, and I think that um, 
I know how much of a Vertigo fan and a Justice League Dark fan you are. So this this story, uh, I'm glad you were on the podcast to talk about it. It looks like we might be getting a Madam Zandu TV, TV series on HBO Max uh, from Bad Robot and J.J. Uh, Abrams. So what was your take on this? This is just brilliant. Remember how when they went from Man of Steel to Batman v Superman to Justice League and the whole world was saying too fast, too fast, too fast. You should have taken the Marvel approach, build each individual character separately, then go for the team movie. Well, guess what, folks? It looks like J.J. Abrams has the same thoughts. This is great. Because Madame Xanadu is one of the older magical characters in the DC Universe. And she's been in and out of the Justice League Dark team since they were created for the New 52 and into the new era since the Rebirth, where they've really taken off and become one of my favourite all-time teams of comics, handled by some of the best creative teams. I mean, James Tyner's writing for the first three quarters and Ram V taking over. This team rules. And if we're going to get an individual Man of Manzu, wow, does that mean we get an individual Zatanna episode, an individual John Constantine episode, the demon, Detective Chimp, who knows where this is going next? This is really, really exciting. J.J. Abrams has already said he's doing a Justice League dark show. If we get individual spotlight episodes on the main characters, damn sign me up i'm there 100 what about you brad yeah uh, absolutely i i love the idea of starting with one of the characters instead of just throwing the whole team in there i think that's a really cool way to build up and one of the thing that's cool about madame zandu as a character is that i always considered her kind of a bridge between the um the DC universe and the more adult vertigo oriented stuff. Absolutely. She did have a vertigo series for a while. And uh, it's kind of like John Constantine that he can live in both of those worlds very well. So there's a lot, I think that as far as tone and how, uh, you know, how, uh, I don't want to say adult, but more mature stories they want to tell. Uh, and you're right. She's one of the older characters. So there's so much they could do as far as in timelines and things like that. So, yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm excited and I can't wait for the Justice League Dark series. So I hope that um, this, you know, that it, it th- does well so that they won't try to put the, you know, tr- stop the idea of that Justice League Dark series. So, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 excited for this one. And it uh, looks like uh, Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum are working on pitching a Smallville animated series. Uh, Steve, what was your uh, what was your take on this? Are you kidding me? Talk about one piece of awesome news following another piece of awesome news. This is incredible. I know Smallville fans will go absolutely crazy when they hear this and the fact well, Rosenbaum's been talking about it on his podcast for a while mm-hmm. but yeah, now yeah. that it's been confirmed on social media by Tom Welling as well that they wouldn't put this out there if something more concrete wasn't happening I'm sure of it this has gone beyond the pitch stage and the fact we're getting uh, a new Batman animated series on, on HBO Max we're getting a new Superman animated series on HBO Max 
this is the next logical progression. And we've I've got to say it, and, and we know this because we make the show, the Harley Quinn animated series has been the catalyst for this. The success of that show and having a show that's totally geared to an adult audience. The new Batman one looks like it's in between. Anyone can watch it. The more Superman one looks more child-friendly. But this is that perfect, again, gap for the young adults and for the family viewers and for the people. And there are millions of them who watched the original Smallville show and maybe watched the se- uh, read the season 11 comic books. This is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. And when Tom Welling says things like as much of the original cast as possible, <coughs> apart from people who got arrested for being really weird pervies, um, that's just fantastic news. Um I cannot help but be excited. I mean, what did you make of it? Yeah, you know, I I enjoy uh, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast a lot. And one of the things I enjoy about it is just how open he is about how much he loved being on Smallville. And he just has a lot of fun telling stories and, and remembering those days. And he has had, you know, the cast on to be guests, uh, I, I think at this point, multiple times. So if anybody can pull it off and get the cast back together, you know, minus Allison Mack, then it's definitely Michael Rosenbaum. And the fact that Tom Welling's behind it is great. And the, the Smallville is a really important show because it was the first of the superhero series. And now we take for granted, there's so many of them, but really Smallville kind of blazed a trail. So I've always been a fan and I like the idea of revisiting that world. And now with all these different streaming options, uh, it's the perfect time because, you know, that would be the perfect place for this to be released on HBO Max where there is all this DC content. So, yeah, I I would love to see this come together for sure. So, yeah, I, I... I, I I hope you're right that it is beyond just the pitch stage at this point. So, yeah, I hope they have scripts and everything. So, so yeah, uh, in the next few years, DC Animated Series uh, is going to be a pretty incredible uh, landscape, I think. So, and moving on to uh, Titan Season 3, uh, we did talk about the trailer last week. We got a little more information this week about the third season. Uh, it looks like we got a full cast list, and we also hear that it is going to be released at some point in August. Uh, Steve, what was your take on this? August. We're days away from July, so we can literally say almost to the to the day that Next month, we're getting Titan season three. After all the COVID, the delays, the hassle, the illnesses, the production stops and starts that we've seen throughout TV and film over the last few years. I mean, we should have had this at the end of last year, this third season. But hey, better late than never. And with news like this, the cast, um, the crew, everyone coming back, Red Hood, Blackfire, and more importantly, the fact we're going to get more Batman and the return of Donna Troy, Themyscira. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Because I was devastated when Wonder Girl died. But hey, we've all read the comic books. How many times have we lost Donna Troy to get her back as a, a different character altogether, as Troya, as a member of, of, of the different teams of peacekeepers throughout the universe, as Wonder Woman's actual sister? Um 
I cannot wait for Titans season three. It's going to be the biggest and best season yet. Every season has been better than the one before. New characters, old characters, new villains. Sign me up. HBO Max, please let us get that in the UK because we still haven't seen on a channel, on a network in the UK, the first two seasons. They've gone to Netflix and they've vanished from Netflix. So, oh, yeah, we can't I get any of the were, Titans shows that now. They're gone from Netflix over there. Oh, that's, oh, that's a shame. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. Wow. Yeah. We've got Swamp Thing on um, Amazon, but Doom Patrol and Titans it's yeah it's it's killer so hbo max come on we need you over here guys bring us titan season three thank goodness i write for dc comics news and we get the screeners other than that i would be devastated right about now but i'm just so excited to see what this new season brings Uh, what about you you feel the same way yeah uh, i think that there's so much coming this season uh you know all the the um the red hood stuff and you know the stuff we saw in the trailer Referencing the Joker, uh, I kind of figured Donna Troy would return, but the fact that we're getting some mascara and the Blackfire and and getting more into uh, Starfire's backstory, uh, it's going to be uh, uh, an epic season for sure. Uh, and I, you know, I, I think you're right. I think that every you know, I think season two was better than season one, and looking like what we've got to look forward to it looks like season three is going to be just as good if if not better than season three so yeah i I, i'm psyched that we don't have to wait that long and you also brought up a good point with the covid thing is that you know i i was kind of expecting to wait until the end of 2022 before we got titans so the fact that they were able to pull it together and and get it done this quickly uh kudos to them um yeah, so I, I, I'm super psyched, super psyched for this. And now we're going to move on to comic book news. And up first, uh, looks like DC is going to be positioning Jackson Hyde as the, uh, the true Aquaman in the Becoming Limited series. Uh, what was your take on this? I am very, very fortunate, again, in in what I do, writing for DC Comics News and Dark Knight News, that um, Penguin Random House send me trade paperbacks and hardcover collections of the graphic novels a few weeks before they come out. And I recently reviewed the uh, Future State Justice League trade, where I came across um, Andy Curry, Aquaman, and Mira's daughter, and Jackson Hyde, their adopted son, who's actually the biological son of Black Manta. And... Honestly, dude, I have fallen in love with these characters. They were so brilliantly written, beautifully drawn, that I just wanted more. And my dreams have come true. I closed that book, I wrote the review, and within days, here we are with this news that, well, we got the news about the miniseries last time, but the fact that they're putting a focus on him and making him Aquaman. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Arthur Curry. Always have, always will. I've always thought that Aquaman was the most underrated, underappreciated, and much maligned character of DC. People did not respect him or his power. I mean, they come out with that whole antiquated, he talks to fish joke. He doesn't talk to fish. He communicates with all marine life. There is far more marine life on this earth 
the land life. Aquaman rules over three quarters of the Earth's surface. He has armies and power beyond imagining. And not to mention, he's got super strength, super speed, uh, near invulnerability. He's smart and he's a king. He's richer than Bruce Wayne uh, and Lex Luthor combined. Come on, give Aquaman some respect. And now his son, adopted son or whatever he was raised by arthur curry and mira this guy's a hero he's an icon for the gay community he's an icon for um everything he's a mixed race character dude i fell in love with this guy in a two-issue story from future state i cannot wait to see what they do with him with more issues to flesh out his story so we can learn more and love more this is brilliant I'm really excited. Can you tell? What about yeah. you, Brett? Yeah, I, I'm excited too because there's so much interesting background in this character that they can explore. Like you were saying, he's the uh, adopted son of uh, Arthur Curry. He's also the son of Black Manta. He's mixed race. He's he's gay. There's so much um, rich depth that you can explore with this character and his background. Uh, you, you know, this could be uh, like a, an epic hero's quest, uh, uh, something that would make uh, Joseph Campbell proud. So uh, I, uh, Ooh, I, like I yeah, I think that um, I think DC is very smart to kind of put the spotlight on on him right now. Uh, and uh, this is definitely a miniseries that I'm looking forward to. Uh, and I also really enjoyed the the future states, so it's going to be kind of cool to see those dots get connected. So yeah, this is definitely something that I really want to try out and see. So absolutely for sure. And uh, in sadder news, uh, it looks like uh, Batman Catwoman the series is going to be taking uh, summer off uh, as some future issues have been delayed. Uh, what was your take on this? We did have to get one bit of bad news, didn't we, Brad? We couldn't all be shiny, yeah. shiny, <laughs> joy, joy. We had to get one bit of bad news. But what is very annoying is, uh, it says it in the article, and I knew this obviously, because obviously I've been following this for ages. I'm a huge Tom King fan. And for me, Seth Mann is one of the most underrated artists. His grasp of human anatomy in action and his storytelling is just sublime i love this guy's art and we know that this story was delayed by almost a year from when it was supposed to be coming out it should have followed on directly from when tom but it was almost a year to be good because they wanted to give Clayman the room to finish each issue and be able to meet the monthly schedule and obviously something's happened to delay that and then of course the tragic passing of John Paul Leon, who was going to do the special, which falls in the middle of the series, has put a day on that as well. So is it just because of John Paul Leon's passing? Do they have to find a new artist to draw the story from scratch? Did he only get started and not finish it? And of course, with that being the middle chapter of the story, that's probably put the, the delay on all of Clayman's last six issues. So we've got lots of theories but no real answers and that's something we talked about from the very beginning since we started doing this show is yes sometimes delays happen but if we've got valid concrete reasons why then we can say yeah okay cool that's fair but when you've got a series that everyone was dying for delayed for a year already this is just like it's like rubbing salt in the wound and 
it's a very complex, very deep, very rich series moving from present to past to future. It's brought back the phantasm. I mean, dear God, what Batman fan doesn't love that character? Uh, yeah, it's the one bit of grey in an otherwise blue sky this week. I mean, what did you make of it all, Brad? Yeah, I, I'm bummed too. And I, I do think that the passing of John Paul Leon does have uh, definitely plays a part in it. Um, you know, I, I will say that I'm going to find a silver lining in, in just that um, it's been a little while, I think, since we talked big delays. You know, it used to be. That's we, true, you know, almost weekly, getting, yeah. Yeah, so that that has been a good sign. Uh, and I, you know, you brought up a great point that it is a very complex story and it, it jumps time and thing like that. So I think why I have to wait on the rest of these issues, I'm going to take that time and reread and familiarize myself again with the story because it is one of those ones that's pretty, pretty dense with information and, um, you know, it, it's something that you do have to pay attention to. So it's good to get a refresher, I think, before the series comes back. So uh, it, it's a shame, but I'm just going to roll with the punches and uh, and and make uh, the best of it. And our well last, thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Thank You're you. Welcome. <laughs> uh, and our last uh, bit of news this week is that. Uh, in the grand tradition of uh, Batman, Black and White, Superman, uh, Red and Blue, Harley Quinn, uh, we've got a uh, Wonder Woman Black and Gold number one uh, that was just released with, uh, you know, in, in that tradition of really cool anthology stories. So, uh, so what do you make? Uh, what do you make of this issue? It was beautiful i mean something about i mean you know i'm a fan of monochrome anyway i love black and white maybe it's because i'm old and until i was 10 or 11 that's all i had um but i love it and then when you get that slight glimpse of color and what color would be better for wonder woman than gold her armor her lasso it's just great i mean the example they used in the um, article we're talking about wasn't the best one. I mean, some of the art in this book and those covers, that hint of gold just elevates the art to a level that makes it almost like fine art, like that it should be hanging in a gallery, not just on the rack of a comic book store. And some of the stories, some of the takes, what I love about these anthology books, and we've said it a million times, no one. But no one does an anthology like DC is we're seeing so many aspects of Diana here from her past, her present, her possible future, her history as an Amazon, as a hero, as a woman, as an icon. This first issue already has done so much to elevate all of that. And with the most beautiful art in black and white with a hint of gold, oh, gorgeous. Like you said, Batman black and white started it. Superman red and blue, Harley Quinn black white and red and now wonder woman black white and gold beautiful that's all i can say it's gorgeous what did you make of it yeah i i couldn't i couldn't agree more the color choice was great um i could uh the art was incredible and 
when it comes to me being a fan of comics, as much as I love the art, it's the story that grabs me. But this book has that effect where both hit me just as equally. The art yeah. and stories. And I could not, uh, I couldn't look away. And man, if if DC just decided to just stop everything and just do anthology books, I don't think I would be all that upset because they just really knock it out of the park when it comes to these. So, and this is just another one that does go up there with the amount of, with that great quality of Batman, Black and White, and Superman, uh, uh, and the Harley Quinn and those series. So, yeah, uh, yeah, this is definitely one that uh, people should be checking out. And that uh, wraps up all the news uh, for this week. Uh, but before we go, since we have a little time here, uh, Steve, is there any been uh, you know what have you been uh, reading in the DC world these days? We've just got um, the books for not this week coming the week after the first week of July. And again, I, I have to talk about the DC Black Label series, The Little House on the Lake, the nice. House, nice house on the lake oh, it, oh, it the, nice. the first issue blew me away with the visuals yeah. and the lettering in particular where you didn't know if it was alvaro or the letterer making those images that look like emails that look like um classifieds for the actual house on the lake in the second issue they've gone a step further and brought in something new as well this book reads like nothing on the shelves. It looks like nothing on the shelves. It's the finest work of Alvaro Martinez's career for definite. And that's saying something because I've loved this guy from Batman Eternal and, and beforehand right to his work to Detective and Justice League Dark. Yeah. And James Tynan's writing a, a sci-fi horror story populated by real fallible human beings. People, if you aren't reading this series, pick it up. It is phenomenal. Of course, I read all the bat books. I love all the bat books. That goes without saying. But this is something brand new. Pick it up. Um, yeah, gorgeous. That's something I'm really, really enjoying right now. What about you, Brad? Yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed the Infinite Frontier first issue. Uh, I really like that quirky team that's that's been assembled, and I. Uh, recently picked up the Harley Quinn uh, White Knight Presents book, and, oh, so and good. Sean Murphy's White Knight yeah. universe. I, I love it. So, kind of diving into that, uh, the uh, the you know actually before we recorded. So that's um, that's that's what I've been up to. And I, you are by the way absolutely right with uh, Nice House on the Lake. That first issue was not what I was expecting, and totally out of left field. Yeah. yeah, like I did not see, you know, that that yeah, that was yeah. So guys, if you're not reading that, you absolutely, absolutely should be. So all right, Steve, is there any uh, last uh, thoughts about any of the stories we talked to, or the DC universe in general? He's Keaton. He's Batman. He's back. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so that wraps up another episode of DC Comics News Podcast. Uh, but before we go, Steve, where can people find you? Um, the easiest way is literally open your computer, open your search engine, and type in the words Steve J. Ray or Fantastic Universes, and that'll take you to a myriad of news, reviews, and interviews across the wonderful DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, my site, Fantastic Universes, and in recent days, CBR as well. We can read some fun comics-related articles on there. To talk to me, please hit me up on Twitter at lstevo, E-L underscore S-T-E-E-B-O. You can hear my voice on this show with Brad and all our wonderful friends, Seth, Kendra, Kelly, and occasionally Josh, our glorious leader, and occasionally on Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast too, plus with my son, all the occasional special guests on I Am The Night where we review Batman the Animated Series week by week, episode by episode, and have great time doing it. What about you, Brad? Where can the world of fun, fashion, comic books and craziness find you? Uh, you can find me writing news reviews on DC Comics News. Uh, you can find me on the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast, part of the DC Comics News Podcast Network, which also includes your amazing podcast, I Am The Night, and uh, The Spinner Rack, where uh, Seth Singleton goes over the five books you must be reading this week in DC. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And as far as following DC Comics News, you can find us wherever you find your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, or Google Play, all of those places. Wherever you catch your podcast, you can catch us. And, uh, and with that, we'll say goodbye with a phrase that we like to say that everybody should be doing. And that is to read more comics. They're good for you. Until next week, everybody.